Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back. This is a random MLB podcast. This is Tommy. That is Greg. Gregory, say hi. Hi. Greg, how are we? How you doing? Good. <laughs> Greg's only answering in one word answers for the rest of this podcast. That's, it's just, it's going to be me saying, Greg, is Mike Trout good at baseball? Perhaps. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. So, yeah, that, these, days, these days, less is more. And uh, <laughs> I want to make sure I am as efficient as possible with my words. <laughs> Greg's giving a thesis on media in the modern age. You know, we, we <laughs> all try and say too many words. When What's the, the office thing? Why say more words when less do trick? <laughs> it's, That's it's Greg wise, on today's podcast. It is wise words of wisdom. And, you know, why should I go into a diatribe about Mike Trout? When I could just give you a yes or a no, I think that's Di- what everyone came here for. <laughs> when, they're, when they're ready. Week- they are ready to hear our opinions about a bunch of baseball players today, and you're just going to rattle them off in a three-minute podcast and say, "Is this player good? Yes. Is this player good? No. <laughs> Is Aaron Judge good? Yes." Like, I just want to know when this week did you hear the word diatribe? I did not. I just pulled it out of my. Uh, <laughs> I pulled it out of the recesses of my mind. <laughs> and, uh, you were in a meeting with somebody who used really big words this week, and you're like, "What? No, I always have a copious amount of words in my vocabulary. What are you I talking have, about?" Listen, my my linguistic knowledge, the volume, the depth at which I can speak, is deplorable. That's a that's a seven hundred plus. On I, I don't know if that's the right word. I don't know if that uh, that that deplorable is the right word to describe that. I was just looking for syllable count. You know what I mean? Yeah, Greg wants to make sure up, beef up the sentence. Greg wants to make sure if anyone from College Board is listening, they're not going to redact his reading scores from 2014. It's like that episode of SpongeBob when they use sentence enhancers. That's all I'm doing. I'm just fluffing it up a little bit. <laughs> there. You're about to you just throw some f bombs out there. I don't know. I don't know if those are the words that they were saying. I I, uh, I just know that any time that they use one of those words, it gave a little more color to their sentences. So that's all I'm trying to do. Do you think SpongeBob copy like has a copyright on that mermaid noise they made whenever they curse? Like, can you say that again? I didn't really, I didn't catch that. It's like, hey Patrick, how the ah, are you? <laughs> that was pretty good, honestly. I kind of nailed that. That was a, honestly the second time was even better. Like, yeah, was, I think I kind of nailed that. That wasn't a one-hit wonder. Good job. Was that, that was a, a? Did somebody? Is there a dolphin in my apartment? Or was that a seahorse? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know what that was. If All anybody's right, listening well, right now, you know, and and if and I know you are. Thank you for coming along for the ride. As yeah, that was baseball, baseball and sentence enhancers <laughs> and sentence enhancers. So we're also going to enhance your knowledge on the all-star game. That was a, a crowbar, that one in there. Um, we are going to the all-star game ballots came out yesterday or the day before. Um, honestly, by the time this was probably gets dropped, it's a couple days ago. So, but we are doing, we are getting into it. We're going to, we, we've both voted. And we're going to talk about who we voted for. We don't know who each other voted for. Well, actually, Greg knows who I voted for because I accidentally sent it to him. But um, we're still going to talk about it. So he is, he's going to come. out from under everybody right there. Yeah, I just pulled it. Yeah. I, I'm the <laughs> man behind knows. the curtain. We have no idea what the other guy picked, except Greg knows all of the people <laughs> I picked. Half so that's of this, 50% of the mystery right there. Half of this podcast doesn't know what the other half is thinking. So if, <laughs> if at any point you're like, Tommy, he had a good point and you, you didn't have a rebuttal, it's because I had no idea. Uh, he, had, he had time to build off of my points. But... Um, yeah, I think we just jump right into it, you know? Uh, we could keep talking about sentence enhancers, or we could just jump into the ballot. So we're going to go position by position. I think that makes the most sense. We'll go from top to bottom of the ballot. So if you were looking at your own ballot, you can uh, follow along. It'll be like a little magic school bus trip. Here's one request I have. Usually when we do these things, we go, like anything that most people do, we go left to right. But I think we should, and then I'm looking at the bracket right now. We have American League on the left, and we have National League on the right. I think we should start with the National League. You want to do the okay. National League and then do the American League? Yeah. I think we, I right. think that we, we usually that. start with everything on the left. We'll start with everything on the right this time. Let's change it All up. Right. All right. We'll do everything June on the 9th. right. June 9th. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to switch it up. We're going to do everything on the right. All right. So we'll start. Do you want to start off with who you voted for at first base in the National League? 
I went with Paul Goldschmidt of the St. Louis Cardinals for my first baseman. Yeah, that's pretty hard to. It's pretty hard to fight against. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt had a ridiculous last month and a half. He's in what three thirty eight. It's Something ridiculous. Ridiculous like that. Yeah. I mean, you could. I could conceivably see someone going a different direction, but Do you Goldschmidt say that is kind of just uh, killing it right now. He, he's he's definitely one of the best hitting first basemen. I think he's taking a lot of thunder away from Freddie Freeman. I don't know what's going on there. He's sort of just having a okay season so far. So not not everything he was chalked up to be. I think Paul Goldschmidt is surprising people too because I don't think anybody thought that. He would be this good early either. I remember there was a lot of doubt about him. It's like, oh, he's... Well, Paul Goldschmidt kind of just gets slept on in general, it feels like. Yeah. He, he's he's even from when he was in Arizona. Like he's, not, he's not the sexy young pick. Like, he's not like a new... Like, a, like, a, like he's not like a Vladdy. You know what I mean? He's He's been around a while at this point, and he's been here for such a long time, people almost forgot about him. Yeah. Just like a lot of people on the Cardinals, people kind of forget that the Cardinals have a pretty nice lineup, like, well-balanced. And Paul uh, Goldschmidt the, is just, the, like, raking right now. It really does feel like Goldschmidt since the beginning of his career has just been slept on. He was slept on in Arizona. He wasn't a top prospect coming up. They traded him to the Cardinals. They really didn't even get that much of a haul for him. It just feels like all throughout Paul Goldschmidt's career, he's just being valued a little bit less than what he's worth. Um, but he's got M- he's but, gotten MVP votes every yeah, single year is. since 2013, except for one. I, but I think there's arguments that there were seasons that he could have been the NL MVP. That, and I think this year you're going to start seeing a real argument for he should probably be. He's probably going to be one of the front runners for NL MVP. Which when you said uh, I could see somebody not picking him, it's probably because you've seen my ballot and I didn't pick him. <laughs> and, you know, I, I would love to mm. go into a diatribe about why I picked Pete Alonzo and why Pete Alonzo deserves it more. And, you know, I saw this guy on Twitter, and I won't name who it was, but it was uh, I saw this guy on Twitter who posted his ballot, and he also voted for Pete Alonzo, and he, and he started going into, like, RBIs, and, like, he's like, oh, home runs, and this is why, and he's trying, really trying to justify it. I'm going to be, you know, this is an honesty pod. That's, that's what we pride ourselves on. I thought Pete Alonso was close enough where I could justify it. And Pete Alonso is on my favorite team and probably my favorite player. And that is why I voted for Pete Alonso to the All-Star. And also, Pete Alonso is leading base. He's got 16 homers, 54 RBIs, hitting 282. He's having the best season of his career. He's having the breakout that in 2019, you we just kept hoping that wasn't just a flash in the pan. You were hoping Pete Alonso is doing what he's doing now. And... You know, it's one of those things where in the spring training, he got into that bad car accident. He goes, I had a whole new, like, outlook on life and baseball and just, like, how I operate. And I feel, like, less stressed because it's just, you see how, like, crazy life could be. And I don't know if that's playing into it, but this is a different hitter. It used to feel like you threw a fastball up and in on Pete Alonso. He was not hitting it. And now it feels like you, pitchers need to work around him because he is, he's coming into the prime age and he is, He's dominating. He, the Mets are not as good as they are without Pete Alonso. Um, so for me, he's close enough to Paul Goldschmidt. He would if outside of Paul Goldschmidt, he's my NL MVP right now. So if it's that close, I'm giving the vote to my favorite player, and that's and you know what? You could call me biased, but you could call me honest. You're not entirely far off, but Goldschmidt is hitting like. 60 batting average points higher than him. He is. He has, you know, it's, he has pretty much... And while Pete Alonso is leading in RBIs and home runs, Pete Alonso has 16 home runs and 54 RBIs. Arenado has 12 home runs and 47. I mean, that's pretty close. Pretty if you close. want me to make the I, argument I know, like, for why Pete Alonso deserves it over Paul Goldschmidt, it's going to be a half-baked argument, and it's going to be a lot of stuff no, like know. the Mets are... Pete Alonso is more valuable to the Mets than Goldschmidt. The Pete, Mets aren't winning as many games without Pete Alonso, like with an average first baseman, as the Cardinals would with an average first baseman compared to Paul Goldschmidt. It's gonna be a lot of half big points that people are gonna be like, "Why?" And it's just I'm gonna be honest about it. It's I am being very upfront. He's my favorite player on my favorite team. It was close enough where, and you know, I think the reason I did it too is because when you when we're all voting on our ballots, nobody's voting like we're voting for the Hall of Fame or like it's important. You're voting for who you want to see play the game and I want to see my favorite player play in the all-star game I think it's a fact I think it's a valid point you know there's nothing that's what the all-star ballots for I mean you have a perfect example I mean you yourself have touted before in the past I think on this podcast maybe not but when you I think single-handedly voted Scott Putsenik the 2005 all-star game (laughs) 
I, I'm not exaggerating. A thousand votes. Literally a thousand votes. And the internet was not fast back then. Like that was a it was to refresh that browser. Internet Explorer did not work like Google Chrome. <laughs> like and, and you know, I was just on another podcast today and we were talking about when you were a kid, you just had like this endless loop of time that you just kinda had nothing to fill it with. And that's how I would just sit there at night and watch baseball and just click vote for Pot Scott Potsendik. Pot I was about to say Pot Scudsendik. Scott Potsendik. <laughs> and you know, it's a funny thing. Uh, we'll pull back the curtain a little bit more. This year for Christmas, Greg's birth uh, Christmas gift to me was a cameo from Scott Pitsendik himself. Where Scott Pitsendik? I've been trying to use this in TikToks, but I'm like, I don't think I'm allowed to because it's like, Scott Pitsendik thanks me for the votes that I put in for that <laughs> All-Star game. And I, it was like the 11-year-old version of myself just felt so vindicated. I really S felt like a part of me died in a good later. way. <laughs> it was just, it really felt vindicated. I'm like, Scott knows what I did for him then. We ha I had to fill him in in the Christmas spirit I was like listen this kid who you don't know and it was funny because he didn't know this at all but the way he thanked you if you remember he said, <laughs> he called oh, me man, a White Sox fan I, I, you must have seen a lot of games down the south side or <laughs> he thought you were like, from Chicago which is even funny he thought it was like diehard you're not even a, you weren't even a White Sox fan you're like you never even like I don't even think you've ever been there. Like that would have been a weird message to send back, Scott. I'm not a White Sox fan. I'm a fan of you. Exactly. You just you just, just let it period. ride at that point. You just yeah. No. That's what I, was, I, I just ignored all of that. I'm like, Scott, you're thanking me, and that's we're on a first name basis now. Obviously. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. We'll do second base. Maybe we should just do like sec. We'll name second base, third base, shortstop, and. We'll go for because we're gonna go one by one and nobody's gonna you know it'll take a minute so we'll do read off second base third base shortstop and then we could kind of go from there and pick out which ones kind of stand out you know what I mean? Sure. NL still so NL still we'll still run through the NL. For my rest of my infield at second I had Jeff McNeil at sh at third I had Machado and at shortstop I had Trey Turner. And I have the same, so this probably works for the best that we switched it up at this period. Because nice. I have the same exact thing. And I, I just think we're at a point where I don't think you can really defend picks at that position outside of like things like I just said where it's, oh, it's my favorite player and I want Jazz Chisholm. I, I think you have a hard argument, even though Jazz probably has the homer count. and You have a hard argument. I think D, at, at second base, outside of maybe Brendan Rodgers who's gotten hot and Jazz... I guess some people would probably say Ozzy, but personally, I think it's a hot take we're about to fire off here. I think Ozzy Albies might be the most overrated player in baseball. He's great, but he's not that great. You know what I mean? And so I, I don't know who he... He's definitely regressed. I'm not going to get in the game of he's more overrated than this guy, but we can say he's overrated for sure. I mean, he's, he's not, a little overrated. He's not really living up to really much right now. I don't not not like the rest of the Braves aren't either. To be fair, they haven't really. No, had the Braves a are struggling. Championship championship hangover for sure. Like well, they are it, it, they're just chilling right now in Atlanta. And to that point, someone who's not had it, well, I mean, not really a championship hangover, maybe not even to that point. Regardless, Jeff McNeil is the type of guy that uh, he's, the Mets, a lot of Mets fans wanted him gone last year. He had 251. It seemed like he just wasn't, in the year before, the year before he actually did well in 2020, but it was just, it seemed like a lot of people had grown tired of him, and it seemed like he had gotten too involved in launch angle, and he changed the player that he was. And this year, he's just gotten back to basics, hit him where they ain't. And it, we're getting results, 314, three homers, 28 RBIs, uh, 368 on base percentage, 133 OPS plus. At a second base, that's as good of a value as you're ever going to get. Yeah, and, you know, the thing that's surprising to me is that he, he has, you know, is it, has it been injuries or has it been just like he's not, he's almost an everyday player. Right, I feel like he's yeah. not played like a full slate of games, but he's played most of the games in the seasons that like I'm not counting 2020, obviously that he played most of that because that was only like 60 games or something. But like um, 2019, he played 130. 2021, he played 120. Was he hurt or something? Or no, uh, 20? No, he wasn't even uh, 2021. I mean, like minor injuries, stuff like that. He never got 2021. Mm -hmm. He even says that he got very much like it was just kept getting preached that like launch angle and they should be hitting for power more and it's like three true outcomes things. And he said it just ruined his whole approach. And this year he got away from it and and it's helped more than anything. Right. And the thing the thing I'm noticing the biggest thing was his 2019 season was almost the same as this one's going so far except for a huge difference is that he hit 23 home runs back then 
And he hasn't come close to repre- like replicating that at all since 2019. And like, including what you said about uh, 2021, where he got more and more towards like launch angle, it did change his approach a lot. Every other year, he's hit above 310. Like, no, he, he he's that, a consistent no hitter. Feat. And it's it, when he when he put it together with the power. That's why 2019 was such a great season for him. But it's just very interesting to see that he didn't really lose. Besides last year, he didn't really lose his like hitting abilities. He's just not hitting for power. Like he just. Gave I think up. we got that. <laughs> I think 2019. Yeah. But I think also you. You're, I think 2019. You got. I don't know how much of this fact. I think he's hot. But I think he got hot. But also you got to think about. Uh, juice ball and stuff like that I think probably helped a little bit in 2019 yeah. I think that had to play into it because that 23 spike is a little bit it's maybe it's he a little crazy 15. considering the most he's had since in one year is seven yeah no <laughs> like, it, 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 and if you watch Chef McNeil every night he's not that guy he's not a home run hitter so it, it's not something you expect from that 20, 2019 homer count is definitely an anomaly more than anything uh, moving on to third and short I just don't even think there's... I don't know an argument you can make outside. Manny Machado, I think the number two guy I had for NL third baseman was Brandon Drury, who follow at Random MLB Stars, which we should plug. If you don't, please go follow at Random MLB Stars. Um, big fans of Brandon Drury here. However, he's not... Manny, I, I, when I said Pete Alonso would be my second vote for NL MVP, I, I completely was blanking on how good Manny Machado has been because Manny Machado is also, I think... Him, it's really the race for me right now. It's between him and Paul Goldschmidt, and Pete Alonso's behind them. Um, and I, I, I think I'm, I'm honestly, I might even lean towards Manny because what Manny's been doing, and I, we might have talked about this, and I, and you know, Greg and I talk about baseball so much that sometimes I forget if we're talking on the podcast or off podcast that <laughs> it all Fernando blurs Ta- together. Yeah, it kind of, it really does. Um, it, uh, the the Padres just needed to stay afloat while Tatis was out. And Manny Machado has gone above and beyond for that team, and he has been everything they needed, and he's the reason they're as good as they are. Uh, Manny Machado is as good as, as he's ever been this season. And he's just fun to watch. He's, uh, as, I, as I argued in the last podcast, he's playing amazing baseball right now. Like you said, they needed to survive until the summer, and then Tatis would come back, and it would be a great big party down in San Diego. Uh, but I also just hate Manny Machado, so I'm conflicted. But I have to pick him, right? Who else? Yeah, like who are we gonna pick? Brandon Jury in good conscience? No, like you can't. You can't not, do. It. I hope Brandon Jury makes. No, I do hope the I Reds don't like need... him. I think he's a big crybaby. I hate him. I hate him so much, and I always have. Well, but, you know, and the thing is, it's like a guy like Brandon Jury. The Reds need a All Star Game representative, so he'll probably make it. Key Brian Hayes, people could probably argue for, even though he doesn't have the homers, he'll probably right, make but it. We're not like voting for them as the starter. Yeah, they're not right? the starter. If you're an outside of a Reds fan and a Pirates fan, I, I would love to hear the argument for anybody over Manny Machado. And to that point, I'd love to hear the argument for anybody over Trey Turner, because Trey Turner, not, not one. I, I was looking at some of the shortstops. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't do think not Dan's like Swanson uh, this year. <laughs> I think number. I, I literally think the number two person I'd vote for was Francisco Lindor, and he's in two fifty with yeah. nine homers. I think he'd be my number two, and it's not even close. It's not. Even, and to your point, I think the Dodgers, for as good as they are, to what you were saying before, their lineup really isn't hitting as well as they usually do. Mookie finally started to go off in the last month, and now he's hot. Trey Turner has been consistent this entire season. He's been as advertised yeah. what he's supposed to be this entire year. The Do- the Dodgers needed him, and he's exactly what he's doing. Let me get the, the roundup on the stats here. Seven homers, 46 ribeyes, 302 batting average, 835 OPS. Dude's a stud. And how many steals does Trey Turner have this year? Uh, he already has 12. Yeah, the guy's a stud. He, he does it all. There you all. go. I mean, uh, you need, how many shortstops can actually hit for average anymore? Like and still do all that other stuff like you just said he has speed on the base pads like in, on a team that hasn't been you know its lineup has obviously been great just not like amazing Trey Turner's been amazing the whole time like everyone else is coming around the Dodgers is to, like we're talking about the Dodgers like there's some like not they're not like the third best team in baseball yeah <laughs> like they're I mean? not literally like, a, a serious <laughs> World like 40, Series contender on forty wins like you know but no. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like the lineup hasn't been like blowing the cover off the ball. They just been they just have so many good players that like you can't really lose. Like you just like, kind of yeah. win by default. Like it's it's gonna be a fun summer in L.A. I'm not hey, happy about that because again, I don't like the Dodgers. But am I am I gonna pick 
like Wait. Lindor. There's like there's like a twenty percent argument for Lindor. That's it, about it. it. Like you, you no, know? it really it's it, 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 you need again you need a Met fan being a really big homer, and I'm a big Met mm-hmm. fan, and I can't even in good conscience. And I love Lindor, and I couldn't even in good conscience do it. Trey Turner's similar to Paul Goldschmidt to me, where when he was on the Nats, you had Juan Soto there, you had Max Scherzer there, and he kind of got overshadowed of how good he was. And now we got to the Dodgers, and the kind of same thing is happening where this guy's probably one of the best players in baseball, but he's getting overshadowed because he's on these deadly teams that are winning World Series or contending for them. Yeah. And it's a shame because he's as he's in he he's the best player on he I mean, I, I'm trying to think. I think he'd be the best player on the Mets. I think he'd be the best player on I, I'm thinking of most teams. The Yankees, outside of Aaron Judge, I'd say you'd be the best player on the Yankees. Like you know what I mean? He'd be the most... best shortstop we had since Derek Jeter. <laughs> I, I think my point is, I think if you put Trey Turner on 90% of the ball clubs in baseball, he's the best player on that team. But he's on the Easy. Dodgers. Yeah, and he's on the Dodgers, so that's not the case. Uh, but you can say that with half the Dodgers lineup. So. So what um, does your outfield look like then? My outfield goes Ronald Acuna, the aforementioned Mookie Betts, and Jock Peterson. Almost the exact same, except I switched um, Juan Soto in for Acuna. Um, but you know, I'm not saying Acuna is a bad pick. I just, I just think that Soto is. I think he should. There's, there's something to be said about being rewarded for consistently being a stud. Like, like you know, every year his power numbers have not wavered. Like his hitting abilities have not wavered, and. He's kind of stuck in Washington right now, which is bad for him, but but because they clearly don't want to win anytime soon. But yeah, um, Juan Soto is just one of the best players in baseball, and it's sort of like the Trout effect for me in a way. In past years, like Soto's just too good for me to leave him out of the All Star ballot as like the number one. He's one of the faces of baseball. Like he's all. And this actually deals. even even in even in games where like they lose nine to two. That too is him hitting like a 600 foot home run. Like, without him, that team wouldn't even win like 20 games. I'm convinced. This actually reminds me of a very, this actually reminds me of a conversation we were having before of 2005 Derek Jeter was one of those few years that Derek Jeter did not make the All Star game because he had a really slow start. And the I remember the same exact debates of how do you not put Derek Jeter in the All-Star game, but if he's not playing well, do you really, does he get grandfathered in? And I am of the school, and that's the year I voted a million times for Scott Pacetic, because Scott Pacetic made it to the final ballot against Derek Jeter. I'm like, no. Scott Pacetic deserves it. We're not just putting guys in based off of what they've done. And Juan Soto is... You listen to this podcast. I think Juan Soto is the best player in baseball. I, I really do. I think any team, you're going to spend $500 million on him and you're going to get a value for how good he is. But at this point, I get he's not getting anything to hit because of how bad the Nats are. But at the same time, I can't justify putting him in over Acuna. I can't have ju- Acuna was hurt that first month, came back, like nothing happened. Mookie Betts has been absurd. Jock Peterson has been absurd. I mean, Jock Peterson, and we can talk about that quickly, 13 homers, 30 RBIs, That's who we have to talk about. Like, maybe I'm, maybe it's homerism for Soto that I put him there. I just think that, you know, he, he he's, I feel like he's literally the top 10 MVP vote every single year, and he's walk. he's still leading the league. He'll turn walk, it around. So. Yeah. He'll turn it around. I guess maybe maybe I'm betting high on that, and maybe that's not what you should do for voting for the All-Star game. But I think that he still is one of the faces of baseball, and I think that's where he belongs. If I'm going to have one pick like that, I feel like it's got to be him. But well, John Peterson, who I, keep, who I keep calling Joke Peterson because I didn't know his name <laughs> feels was like Jock. An Either way, okay, really quickly, if you call him Jock Peterson, you're like, you think of like a jock, like he's a sports guy, like like a jock in high school that was like a. He was a jock in high school, term. right? He probably was. Like no, he was like term. a two sport athlete. Like he was like a one of the best quarterbacks in California when he was in high school. Right. So you don't necessarily want to call him a wide receiver because it's not really a great connotation. So then I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to call him Joke Peterson either because you don't want to call him a joke. But I didn't know what his name was. I thought it was like French, like joke. Like I, I don't know. Joke is is it jock or joke? Cross <laughs> joke. But um, jo- joke, jock, whatever you want to call this guy, the 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 key to my fantasy baseball trade that I made earlier this year. Oh my goodness! Like I didn't even. It wasn't even like a. Oh, I think he's a sleeper. Like he should get in. Like I'm gonna make an argument for him. Dude's like going nuts in San Francisco. Like what's he doing? How, it, where did this come from? No, I don't well, think you anyone know, it, saw that coming. 
It was. It's funny because I was like, oh, Jack Peterson would be his perfect fit this offseason. I thought with San Francisco because I felt like they, the, what they do and how they fit guys in the lineups would fit perfectly for how he is as a player. And it's exactly what happened. And Jack Peterson's a streaky guy. And when he gets hot, it's absurd. He hits three homers in a night against the Mets and kills my dreams. Like, he is as good as that. And he's been as good as, like, when he came up in 2014, 2015, the Dodgers thought he, the Dodgers wouldn't trade him for David Price when David Price was peak David Price. And they're like, no, we're not trading. This is what they wanted him to be. It's funny that it's 30, he's at 30 and he's the Giants or the postseason with the Braves last year for him to really finally hit it. But this guy is just, he's consistent. When he's up, when you're facing Jock Pearson and he's up, you feel concerned. Like, you know he's about, it doesn't feel like it's a guy who's just, you can get around. You feel like you have to actually like pitch around Jock Pearson because he can really do some damage, and he's been absurd this entire year. Nine, nine, twelve OPS. No, nah, it's absurd. Oh, Jock Peterson deserves this All Star game. He probably, if he keeps this up, he'll deserve MVP votes. Um, this is, like, you know, yeah, this is a good pace for him. It's it, the keys, like you said. He's scary. He, he people are pitching around him. He's gonna hit the ball out. He hits like three run home runs every five seconds. Like he, he's he's doing very well with his power. And it's it's reminiscent of like early Jacques Peterson. Um, it, it, I would, maybe I that's would, the, maybe that's the middle ground I can go for. Not Jacques or Joe, but like Jacques. Like you know what I mean? Is that what it is? Or you could just Not call him Jacques, by his name. Like, is just it Jacques? Call, it's I, just I Jacques. I don't know how this is. You were the only person uh, in America who was confused by his name. Anyway, it's very well, confusing uh, to me. But well, uh, he's uh, you know, he keeps this up. He's on pace for you know. 30 home runs or something. He's he's doing very well. And I'm no, he, he can't he, be unhappy with that pickup by the Giants if you're them. Exactly. I there I don't think they're 30 and 25 without him. Regardless, let's move catcher and DH. Who'd you got? Who do you who you uh, got? Catcher Wilson Contreras. Um it's like catchers are there is a here's another big word for you. There's a dearth of catchers in the major leagues right now that are doing anything worthwhile. <laughs> like I don't even know who to, I don't even know what to compare a catcher to anymore for an All Star game. Contreras, honestly, Contreras is the only one that has like all around good numbers, and he's like he's playing. He's one. He is one of the best catchers in baseball anyway. So it was yeah. an easy pick for me there. I'm not picking like. I don't even know half the catchers. Ty, I guess Tyler Stevens. I thought about this. Ty, and it's the only way Brandon Drury doesn't make the All Star game. I've thought about it, is Tyler Stevenson. He's five homers, three hundred five, yeah. twenty one RBIs, eight twenty nine OPS. He's great, but um, I'd still go. I think Wilson Contreras is ten homers, twenty three RBIs, two seventy seven, nine thirty three OPS. He is the core of the Cubs lineup. He's, I think he's the best kid at hitting mm-hmm. catcher in baseball at um, DH National League with a DH now. That's an interesting thing to see. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice, nice symmetry on the uh, on the All Star ballot now. It makes me feel a lot better. But it, um, I do do as well. And I, I, I mean, I have Harper there. I don't know if you still. Yeah, did you I also have Harper there. Yeah, right. And I think that's another easy choice. And like, this is the perfect example. You know, having the DH in the National League of what they wanted it to be. It's something that, in some ways. It helps pitchers not having to hit, but it extends people's careers and extends people's seasons. Bryce yeah. Harper's been hurt since the very beginning, and he's not played the outfield at all because he hurt something. I think it's his arm. Um, but he's been hitting every day because he can. He can play through that, and it's not hindering him that much because he's hitting well, and he's a solid piece in that Phillies lineup. I know they kept losing a lot for a while there before they fired Girardi, but... You know, if they didn't have him, imagine how much worse it would be. Like at least, at least the wild card's still in play for the Phillies, right? Yeah. If they didn't have Harper, then what? Because it's been it took Schwarber a while to come around, and Castellanos cooled off significantly too. So like, who's hitting out there if not for Harper? Like so, no, it, that being there has like made this season a plus for him and the plus for the team. So I think he easily is the DH. No, I'm with you, and that's. I was actually going to say that same thing of like I won't even say baseball fans because that gets too macro and it gets the whole thing. But um, if you're a fan of baseball in the Philadelphia area and you were kind of against, or you're a Phillies fan, or you just like watching baseball and you were kind of against the DH, this is why it's here. Bryce Harper. Um, do you enjoy watching Bryce Harper play baseball? You wouldn't have 
If he if DH was not in the NL, you wouldn't have been watching him this entire season, and that's a bummer because you only have such like you said, you know it's it, we're getting a little we're not old, but it, we're getting to the age where we finally have started to, you're starting to see guys that we grew up with really they're going into the Hall of Fame, and you just it's been a while since these guys like the Mike Piazzas, the Barry Bonds, whoever it is, and you just realize like how short of a time period you have with these guys in their prime. And watching these guys at the top level. And it really does go by quickly. You can't waste it on stupidity. The fact that we get a set a season here out of Bryce Harbor that we wouldn't have if there wasn't a DH, that's a win for baseball. And that's a win for the sport. And if you want the sport to grow, these are the type of, types of changes that need to happen. Moving on to the AL. Um, we'll start it off. Let's do the infield all at once. Gregory, give me your American League infield. American League infield. So first base, I have Vladdy, actually. Um, at second base, I have Altuve against my will because I hate him too and his stupid face. Third base is J Ram. I can't. I don't think you can argue that one. And then at shortstop, I have Tim Anderson. So at first base, I have Ty France. Uh, at second base, I also have Jose Altuve. At third base, you can't argue it because I got Rafael Devers, and at short, I got Xander Bogarts. The Bo Sox are really mm. are really crowning this infield up. Let's start with Ty France at first base. Um, Ty France, if you haven't been keeping up with the Mariners, America's team has had a rough start. But Ty France, if you're a Mariners fan, is as like that's something you could really get behind. Guy is hitting. 327 with a 164 OPS plus, nine homers, 38 RBIs. It just feels like he's always on base. It, it just really does. He's an 893 OPS uh, on base percentage, right? Oh, no, 890. I'm sorry. He's a 402 on base percentage. <laughs> and he has a, uh, uh, a, a 893 OPS. That's I, I got all confused. However, Ty France, this is, we're watching a breakout. He's in that 27. It's the same thing we were saying about Pete Alonso. You're turning 27. This is when you start to hit that prime. It's will these guys really take that next step? And and last year, you saw Ty France hit in the upper 200s. He hit, I think, around 290. He had almost 20 homers. And it was like, is he going to take that leap? And as far as the season goes, outside of Julio Rodriguez, I don't know another player on the Mariners that Mariners fans could get as excited. I guess J.P. Crawford started hot. But Ty France is as good as you can get in baseball right now. Vladdy it's a, it's a good slumped pick. a little it, bit. Vladdy did slump a little bit, but you know, I, I feel like it kind of goes back to what I was saying about Soto. Like even more so, I feel like he's still one of the best first basemen in the American League by default. Because there, again, there's you, you can make I guess you can make the same sort of argument for him as you can make for like G Man Choi or something. Like he got hurt for a little while there, but he started off hot too. And I thought that even though he cooled off a little bit, you take the whole couple of months into consideration, not just the last couple, not not the last couple of weeks, right? Like, you know, he, he started off hot and you can't forget all those games where he just like was firing on all cylinders, right? And he was consistent. And um, just because he slumped a little bit doesn't mean that April doesn't count. You know what I mean? Or May doesn't count. Yeah. So... I mean, I feel like you can't go wrong with Vladdy, so I had to put him in there because, like, he's still again, he's a face of baseball for me, and he, he more so even than Soto in my opinion. Because if if you ask even like newer baseball fans right now to name a few baseball players, I, I I'm confident that I think Vladdy's gotten through the marketing enough that they'll they would probably name him first before Juan Soto. Well, we were having just, this kind. You know. we, 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 I think we were well you know I think this is more of a philosophical question and you know we're gonna skip I feel like we can skip over Jose Altuve and we'll go right into Raphael Devers and Alexander mm-hmm. Bogarts versus Tim Anderson and J-Ram but I think it's really a philosophical question of is the all-star game rewarding the best players in baseball because it's a halfway mark of the season it's really who's getting off to the hottest start are we rewarding the hottest start or are we rewarding guys who deserve to be there I am of this school where it's you're rewarding who deserves to be there at the moment. You're not rewarding. I don't care about what you did last year. I don't care if at the course of the entire season. I fully believe at the end of the season, Ty France will not have as good of numbers as Vlad, as Vladdy will. I, I just trade for Vladdy in another. I bought low in Vladdy in fantasy in another league that I'm in, not, not separate from you. Actually, it's in. Uh, I should plug that the Around the Diamond Fantasy League at Around the Diamond. For, uh, if you want to follow that for updates, I just made a trade for him there because. Vladdy is what he's as good, and he'll be an all-star. But I, if I'm, my vote's gonna go to the guy that I think deserves it most, and and also guys I enjoy watching if they're close <laughs> enough. Like I said with Pete Alonso, don't want to be too hypocritical. But I do think the, when a guy like Ty France is breaking out, 
I think about 2005 AL All-Star Ken Harvey, Royals' first baseman. When we look back, say this is Ty France's best year of Ty France's career. It's cool to look back and be like, Ken Harvey was an all-star because Ken Harvey's 2005 was ridiculous. I want to look back at these. I go, but you, when you look back at team, all-star teams, that's how you really judge by like who was like as good as advertised that year. And I want to look back at when I look back at 2022 in 2044. I want to be like, oh yeah, Ty France went off to start 2022. That's like. Oh my God, Ty France had a year there. So if this is all all she wrote, I want to have that memory of it. And that's not that's not a bad argument to have. I feel like either way, I don't think it's too far off of a pick. Um, Ty France certainly earning it right now for sure, yeah. right? So I can't really argue with that one. But no, and I get your point with Vladdy because Vladdy's a stud. Mm. He's also turned it around. He had a slump for like a month there, maybe three weeks, and he's back. Right, he's, he's all the way back at this. And point. that was enough to tank his numbers a lot. But it's not just based off of numbers, honestly. Like yeah. it's how important. I guess it's more like the best players in baseball. Period. Like they and the and maybe it's more of a debate about an MVP. But like the bet, who is most important to their team? Success. When the Blue Jays just started rattling off wins, he was a big part of that, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's you can't discount that either, and and it can't just—it's not always, to me at least, just about numbers, because everyone can put out numbers certain times of the season. It's like, who do you believe deserves to be there as like the representative, like the face of first base in that league? And me, I, think I think a lot of people vote like that. Yeah. A lot of yeah. people vote like and, you know. And to that point, also, I think there's an argument to be made of we're voting very early in the process. By the time yeah. the voting is actually done, Vladdy's numbers might be better than Ty France's. But I just exactly. think as we stand today on June 9th, which is when we're recording this, I, I, I just find it hard to go against Ty France. Now, Devers, why? How can you be picking Devers over Jose Ramirez? This is the only one I don't care I about like RBIs. Problem with I, I don't well, care about RBIs. Jose Ramirez, I, I if he hits what I think it's one seventy or however is the the record, I'll care then. But beyond that, it's a fun stat, but it's not. That's the thing that I think is differentiating the two by a lot. And I think Devers has had a month here, a month and a half, where it has been absurd what he's been doing, and and his numbers are I think very comparable to what Jose Ramirez what Jose Ramirez is doing. Twelve homers, thirty. RBI, 31 RBIs, hitting 342, 170 OPS plus, leading the AL in doubles and hits. I just don't think that, to me, again, and you know what, I can't even make that, I'm actually going to take that back, I was going to say he's as important to the Red Sox as any player in baseball, I'd argue Jose Ramirez is as important to the Guardians as any player in baseball, Yeah, but <laughs> he I would certainly is. <laughs> I would say, yeah, they, they're having a good year, but without Jose Ramirez, I think they're screwed. Um, but I think I, I just think Rafael Devers has just been it's another one of those things 25 this is what we've been waiting for 2021 was great but this is what from when he came up in 2017 this is the Rafael Devers we've been waiting for it's one of the best hitters in baseball and I think I compared the two and the, the one outlier I had of it was J Rams RBIs and RBIs are flawed stat at this point I don't know about that I feel like I'm still of a certain mindset in that if you have a 20 RBI gap between the two guys in those situations, 20 more 20 more runs were scored because of one guy versus the other. That's a huge difference. Like he's leading he's leading for a reason and their power numbers are the same. So what gives? It means Jose Ramirez isn't just clubbing RBIs based off of his home runs. He's getting guys in in different ways. And I feel like Devers is getting hot right now and his batting average is insane. But Jose Ramirez, like, we cannot forget how hot he started the season, too. Like, those months still exist in this. And maybe those numbers will get a little closer. Like, yeah, he's not hitting 342, but he's hitting 285, you know, and he has more home runs and 20 more RBIs. As I was, that's the big thing for me. Like, RBIs could be a flawed stat, they have a lot of different influences, but the difference for me is. They have around the same number of home runs. So those 20 RBIs are coming from doubles in the gap, moving guys over and helping the Guardians win games. You know, don't count them out just yet. They're in a weak division and they're not they're kind of just hanging around around 500. Bet- between them and the Twins, I think you could see a surprising uh race for that division towards the end of the season because you know, they're not really going away yet and he is probably the only reason they're staying afloat. So like I, I know all of that together, and I'm like, I can't pick Devers over him. 
of course, Devers is still going to make. They're both still probably going to make the All Star. They're going to both make the All Star. Yeah, yeah, but like if I have to pick one to start, I think it's going to be Jose. Like he's way more important. I feel like to the Guardians than Devers is to the Red Sox right now. Not that I think Reds, it's just not the Red Sox couldn't use him. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a dig at uh, Devers as much as it was. I mean, it wasn't a dig at J Ram as much yeah. as I just I appreciation of what Devers is doing, and I think they're close enough where it really is a preference. And I've seen, and I, you know what, the big thing that turned it for me, the Red Sox started off so slow, and they've turned it around recently, and now we're really, it, exactly what we talked about last episode of how we need the AL East to really be exciting, like that exciting down the stretch makes baseball better. Rafael Devers is one of the main reasons the Red Sox have turned it around the way they have, and I, I, Trevor Story, all these guys are, and I think, I, I, I gotta reward that. But uh, moving on, Xander versus Tim Anderson. I think this is the same debate of Xander's ridiculous. Xander's having a ridiculous offense. He's in a contract year, and he's like, hey, Red Sox, pay me. He, Heim, pay me. You, I deserve every bit of this Every bit of this contract I'm going to get. I've been here for, what, ten a decade? Pay me the way I deserve to be paid. Six homers, 26 RBIs, hitting 319. Tim Anderson's good, but the White Sox stink, and that's, what I, I'm, uh, that's where I fall on that. I've, I feel like the thing with Tim Anderson, though, is for, this is a little different for me. I feel like this is not really a debate. Like, he's he has about the same, like, home run RBI numbers. Um, he's, like, five home runs, 19 RBIs. But he has speed, which which Bogarts has not shown on the base paths in terms of stolen bases yet. He already has eight stolen bases. And he's also hitting 356. <laughs> so, like, it's like a 40-point swing. And I'm with you, but didn't... It, you between, know what I mean? if, they, if, if they're both the same in power and one has 40-point higher batting average and, like, eight more steals, I mean... And we're I don't also know how it's really a debate for the starter as the because I, I also think we're, we're forgetting the fact that Tim Anderson missed two weeks, and I think from where we are too early in the season, missing half a month is a big deal to me, and I, I do think that it does yeah, play into right. and playing that into the fact that the White Sox are so disappointing. I think it just soured me on the whole thing. Yeah, I mean they they are they definitely are uh, not the progressively. Uh, Next generation team that Tony La Russa envisioned when he took over. Oh, you mean <laughs> hiring an eighty-five-year-old, however old Tony La Russa is? Certainly a disappointment. Wasn't, yeah, yeah, that wasn't going to move you into the next stage of exciting baseball. Good God! <laughs> Did you see today? He walked. Uh, he walked Trey Turner on an 0-2 count to face Max Muncie, and the Max Muncie homered and then told him to the F off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it Which was 1-2. That's even worse. It was like a 1-2 count. What happened? Did he throw a ball? And he's like, forget it. You're not getting the mouth. And Tony LaRusso <laughs> is like, I stand by it. And my favorite thing on stand baseball Twitter. It, that's my favorite thing about baseball Twitter is that we collectively all dislike the fact that Tony LaRusso is the White Sox manager. And everybody, <laughs> anytime we have an opportunity to rag on them, we just get together and really get after it. And it's a, it's a beautiful <laughs> time. I think it's a really, a, not many things on Twitter bring people together like Tony LaRusso managing the White Sox and how we all dislike White Sox fans dislike it. Baseball fans dislike it. Everybody outside of uh, the White Sox owner. But Greg, tell me your outfield. We are, we are um, running short in time. So my outfield, I have Taylor Ward, I have Aaron Judge, and I have Don Carlos Stanton. Don Carlo, the form, the artist formerly known as Mike. Michael, space Stanton. Michael Giancarlo Stanton or Giancarlo, whatever. Regardless, we're gonna go on for a minute about that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't hate it, but my difference here is I got Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, yeah. and your boy, your boy, Austin Hayes. His okay. be- and his beautiful mullet <laughs> all the way out in Baltimore. I guess let's start with him. I love Austin. Let's start Hayes. with him. I have Austin. the. I went to a game at Camden Yards last year, and I went to the gift shop and I bought an Austin Hayes T-shirt. I love the can, guy. And can I give it? Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say last year I had him in fantasy baseball. I thought he was a nice sleeper value pick, low end outfield, and that's exactly what he did last year. But there were signs that he kind of. Not only is he like a decent hitter, like he has like power for for yeah, us. and he could like he's feel. not he's not like ripped or anything. Like he he still hits a lot of home runs. Like you wouldn't expect it. So I kind of expect that he would do better this year, and he has. And I think that he's. I'm going to go against my pick a little bit. I think he deserves to be in the All Star game, but there's no way you can pick him over the other three outfielders as a starter. So, I don't know about uh, that. That dude has got a cannon out there, and on top of all of that, he is. I mean. 
he's had it's back to that point I was making before of I want to remember Austin Hayes' 2022 and I thought his numbers were close enough where seven homers 30 RBIs 292 359 uh, on base percentage and then 138 OPS plus and he's killing it defensively how much war has he accumulated already already two war this point in the season Austin Hayes has been as good as advertised to your point he he started to show signs of a breakout, and now he has fully done it on a team that ne- a team that is fun to watch, and he's one of the main reasons for it. I, I think that cannot be discounted. Um, I just think it, it, back to that. Of my main point here is that when you have when it was close enough for me, I, I want to remember Austin Hayes' twenty twenty two of how good his tw- start was. I agree with you, sort of. Like that point you made about Ty France before. That makes a little more sense to me because Ty France has been around for a few years, right? Austin Hayes is young. Like, you know, he's just following the track of improvement. I don't think this is going to be the last you'll hear of Austin Hayes. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, man, I don't remember this year forever. Like, he's probably going to do much better the next few years. He's about to hit his prime probably in a couple of years. Like, he's not even close. He's He's got a lot of time with Austin. Don't worry. I do, but you never <laughs> like, know. You can't project these guys. Same thing with Ty France. Ty France is only 27. He's only a year older. It's the same... Right, but he's been in the league for like five, six years at this point. Like Hayes is just he just came like what last year? Wasn't he a rookie last year? Like No, he came up uh you know what last year was his first full year because twenty twenty doesn't really count. Right. Um No, but I I get your point, and I would I I also agree that this is not gonna be Austin Hayes' flash in the pan, but I think I'm a big believer in you award I mean, i think it was close enough and I want to remember Austin Hayes is 2022. I'm having fun. I'm having fun watching Austin Hayes. Maybe John Carlo deserved that spot, but for me, if it's close enough, you're gonna give it to the guy you want to see. And I, well, I would see, want to see Austin the, the Hayes. The thing I'm not. The thing I'm confused about though is you also had. Did you have you had Trout and who else? Judge. Aaron Judge. So if you had Trout and Judge and you picked Hayes, how how can you possibly not pick Taylor Ward? Like okay, Taylor Ward. It's because Taylor Ward. It's because Taylor Ward is hurt right now, and that is the main reason why. It's Taylor Ward got hurt. You know, but I I think we had this. We had this exact same argument last year with Trout. Like, uh, and I didn't vote for Trout. Trout and I did, and and Trout was hurt. But you know what? Trout was hitting like four hundred or something for the first month. I'm with you. But if you're not healthy, and I don't know when Taylor Ward's coming back, it's. If you're not healthy, I'm not voting for you. If you're not going to play, I'm not doing the we'll vote you in for it. Byron Buxton last year was the same argument. A lot of people voted for him, and I said the same thing. I might I love too. Byron Buxton. I think I did. I would vote for him this year if he didn't get the last three weeks have been terrible for him. But um, no, it's the same thing of like I'm not going to. You got to be healthy and you got to be performing. Austin Hayes missed a couple games for like a cut hand, but outside of that, that's not major. I, if I'm not going to vote for somebody who is like, oh, they're not actually going to be on the team, and then they switch them out. I, it's no fun for me. I'm going to I'm gonna pick somebody that I want to see who I think has deserved it, and, and there's going to be plenty of an argument to get Giancarlo or, or Taylor Ward or whoever. It's just, I think it's close. Tell me, look at Austin Hayes' stats. Tell me he's that far off from the pack. I In factor in defense, and tell me he's that fa- far off the pack, because I don't think he is. Numbers-wise, no, but like, Taylor Ward was a pivotal reason why the Angels started this season as like a World Series favorite, honestly. They're obviously not that anymore. 14 games like, later and they were out of it. <laughs> in those 38 games that he played, like he played more than a month. It wasn't like he like just we've only played two. So yeah, he's been hurt, but like, you know, he has a thousand OPS and like he literally was a catalyst for all of that. Like because if if that if Taylor Ward was working out there and breaking out the rest of the team falls fell right into place. Like everyone except for Joe Adele. Sorry about it. sorry, Joe. But you know, Walsh is doing well at first. Like uh, Trout obviously is doing pretty well, um, but not well enough in my opinion. Um, that's that's one I'll talk about in a second. But you know, then you have the rest of the team around them. The Angels were killing it, and he was a major reason why. I think he's supremely important to what they were doing, and I feel like you just can't. He's chalked to me. You can't discount what Taylor Ward has done. Like, I don't yeah, think he's hurt, discount it, but, but like, he's hurt. He's hurt, but like, so what? Like, he, those thirty-eight games don't matter anymore because someone well, else played fifty. Like, it doesn't exactly. I, I I think I, well, this is where you and I differ on this. And mm-hmm. is, it is it is the we had the same debate last year. Uh, Aaron Judge and Mike Trout. We could go into it, but. I don't think we need to. Aaron Judge is as good as a baseball player could physically be right now. He's, he's doing the best amazing. Right he, he he bet on himself and currently 
Somehow he is, he is winning. And I, you know what? Yeah, I love yeah. it because the Yankees, the Yankees, after this season is over, I don't care if he wants to go talk to the teams. They should just talk to him immediately and say, here's a check. Put whatever number you want on there. And exactly. No, it, it's play. funny. We were talking. I was having a conversation. Mike Trout will leave Mike Trout as the best player. Like, literally one of the best players that ever played. And he's doing what he's supposed to do. That's why he's an all-star. But um, Aaron Judge, I was having this conversation with a fellow Met fan the other day about... It's hard for me to really like a Yankee, especially the really good ones. We were actually talking about how much we like Nestor. And we were both saying huh. how Aaron Judge is like as like he's so good and so fun to watch that if you're like, oh, I hate Aaron Judge, and you're like, you're just being bitter that he's not on your team because he's yeah, so good. I don't know good. what you could really hate about him. <laughs> There's really nothing you could dislike about him. You know what? Like, and, and I'll get hate for this. I always, Jeter didn't have range. There was at least something I could point to of Jeter is not as good as advertised on defense. He's great, but anybody who puts him in like the top 10 players of all time, that's crazy talk. That's ridiculous, yeah. It's crazy <laughs> talk, but you hear it, and people really talk about it, and it's crazy. But Aaron Judge is as good of a baseball player as there is in baseball right now, mm-hmm. and he's having as good of a season as someone could literally have. So if you're hating on him, you're just being bitter. So um, interestingly, though, you mentioned Trout. You, you, you kind of slipped You didn't vote for Mike Trout? I didn't vote for Mike Trout, like because I. Put well, then Taylor explain Ward that. I, I explained why I voted for Mike Trout. He's having an amazing season. He's the best player in baseball, or one of the best right. players in baseball. And that's my argument usually, right? But this is where we, I kind of looked at uh, the outfield a little differently, and I said, "Listen, Trout's obviously making the All Star game. He'll probably win the starting spot. But even if he doesn't, I value Taylor Ward higher than Mike Trout." For what he's done early in the season, like I really think that was very consequential. Did you tell to Taylor Ward to in. listen to this podcast episode? Listen, Taylor Ward, if you're out there, I love you. <laughs> did you? No. Yeah, I was like, did you tell him to listen? Is that why we're, we're gushing over him? So he was very, very consequential to what the Angels did, and Trout is consistently good. And going off my arguments for other players before, yeah, I could have probably picked Trout to start, but I guess this is one where I was like, you know what? I know he's making it regardless, so why not give a shot to the guy who I thought on the Angels outfield was even more consequential, even more important than Trout was. So then that left me with Judge and then one other spot, and maybe it's a little homerism, but Giancarlo uh, quietly having another Mike Stanton-esque year. He got hurt right towards the end here, but again, I'm not penalizing him for that because he started the season off hot, cooled off significantly, and then ramped it right back up. And he's right in the middle of that Yankees lineup that is, for some reason, like destroying teams. Like I, I, I still don't even know what's going on. I'm just kind of enjoying it at this point. Like, I, it's weird. Ha- it's weird having a season where I can't complain about literally everything. It's like I don't know what Brian Cashman did to these guys when he signed them and traded for them this offseason. but like he, he polished them up and put them out on the field, and they're literally just running on all cylinders. I don't know. There's nothing to complain about the Yankees and Stanton's just mashing. Like he's he's just because he doesn't have to be the guy. Like he's just out there killing it. There's a lot of people on base for him all the time. He's just racking in runs. Like he's just he's just doing whatever he wants out there. He's just mashing dingers. That's what John Carlo does. And he's he, I think he's an all star, no doubt. Well, you know, I, I I think you know I'm gonna. I agree with you on Giancarlo. He's been great, and I, I, I think he's actually slept on a little bit since he's gone to the Yankees because it just kind of happens when the Yankees make a big acquisition for some reason. But mm-hmm. um, no, I, I'm with you on every point there, and I'm going to end the outfield debate because conversation because Taylor Ward, if you're listening, you've had your moment in the sun. We can't, we, we can't <laughs> only talk about you tonight. All right, and then finally, let's do catcher and DH. Greg, who do you have? Now... <laughs> Catcher, I'm just going to say it. Jose Trevino. I knew oh, this were, was where this was going. I, I wanted what you were going to say. but <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say this. I knew you were going to vote for him. And I, I'm going to assume it's similar to what I said about Pete Alonso. Close enough, and he's my favorite player type thing. Kind of. Well, tell me who you pick first, and I'll tell you why. Alejandro Kirk. Okay, what? <laughs> Alejandro I Kirk. Seven, I mean, hell of a fair. year. Tell me another catcher in the AL. Uh, you're going to say Jose Trevino. Tell me another <laughs> catcher in the AL. I mean, Jonah Heim, maybe? I don't even like... Who is having as good of a... It's a rough... Catchers in the AL are a rough bunch. That's why I was like, bunch. I can't even look at numbers. Like, there's no... If you look at the numbers, Salvador Perez is like garbage. But, like, you know he's not. Yeah. He's just getting older. Like, he's still one of the... Like, yeah, he's one of the best catchers in the AL, but, like, 
so am I, honestly. If I put on a catcher's mask today, like, you know. Alejandro like, Kirk is hitting 322 with five homers and 878 OPS. That's all I that's need. That's good. Jose Trevino, again, I, I keep going back to this. He has been much more consequential to the Yankees' success than Alejandro Kirk has been to the Blue Jays' success. Like and maybe is this is it weird that I'm picking all stars based off of like who would be a better MVP candidate if they were in such a race? Like that's kind of what I'm going for right now. I feel like with a lot of these picks so far, I'm like he's more important to his team, which is what you use for an MVP. But obviously, none of these, not all these guys are in the running for MVP. It's just like when I'm picking them for the All Star game and I have nothing else to go off of because none of them can hit. Jose Trevino between his. Definitely above average for a catcher hitting. He's hitting like 270 in his games that he plays. He does split a lot with Higashioka, but the big thing is both of them have very, very good defense. And Trevino, that is obviously the biggest improvement that we have had between him and Gary Sanchez, and it's very well documented. Oh, is there is Yankee fans of defense, his ability to throw out base runners, and his pitch framing they're talked about a lot but like it has saved many many small moments in games where Sanchez would have definitely faltered like uh, and if there's a dearth of catchers and no one's hitting except for a couple of guys it's to me this is one of the situations it's close enough I love Trevino he's the man great last minute because the Yankees traded for him like a day before the season because Ben Wirtvet was like not going to be around for like three months so it was him or Higashioka, and thank goodness they're done with Higashioka, it looks like, because I, I cannot stand his 120 batting average anymore. He's, he's also a very good defensive catcher, which is really good to have as a backup. But, like, Trevino is he's, he's everything the Yankees could have possibly wanted in a catcher in 2022. And I just got want him to know for nothing what, before this. Every Yankee started. fan I know woke up from this amnesia that Gary Sanchez isn't very good when very, when he no longer was on the team. Now suddenly Gary Sanchez is not that good. I, I've been saying this for years. We don't need to go to this. Not a Gary Sanchez conversation. I just I would love I would love the Yankee fans to all get up and admit we were only saying we liked Gary Sanchez because we needed to die on that hill. I just want we everybody did. to. Well, there was a lot of dying on the hill because we who else would cat. Kyle Agachioka was our other option. Like Austin Romine was the option for a couple of years. You know, <laughs> he wasn't even that good. <laughs> you know, who, so what do we have? We had nothing. Well, Except who do you have? It, before we continue our discussion about backup catchers in the American League, who uh, <laughs> who do you have at DH? We are running. We are running uh, short on time. Uh, Jordan Alvarez. I think that's. I also have your. I think the only argument there you could have is JD. Uh, JD's been phenomenal, eh. but uh, five homers compared to Jordan. What, he's got like twelve. How many? Or Jordan's got like no seventeen. My bad. I just um, gave him that fat extension for a reason. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, Jordan is uh, another guy that's just like uh, it's. He came after the Astros scandal, so he's kind of like one of these guys that everybody likes on a team yeah. of people <laughs> that no one likes. Jordan's the guy that everyone's like, "No, nah, yeah, he's Jordan's cool. We like right. him. I like that guy." Yeah. <laughs> everybody, it's like it's like when you like the it, it was like uh, in high school there would be the group of girls that were like bullies, but then there would be the one that was nice, and they was like, "No, no, no, she's cool." The rest of them, <laughs> the rest of them suck, but she's cool. That that's the Astros and Jordan Alvarez. I think this is no. You can't really argue with him as the DH. I don't know. Yeah, if you're gonna argue for JD or the Miggy stands out there, if you wanna, Miggy's having a good year for his age, but uh, having, yeah, I, I exactly, he's having a good year for his age. Yeah. Like, Jordan's Jordan's doing Jordan things. All right, it well, is, it is this, nice to see Miggy have a good year really quickly. Um, yeah, for his, for his age, <laughs> um, it is no. I, if this I, is Miggy, it for him, go out on a high note with his, you know, his milestone he just did as well. Like, just go for it, Miggy. That would be a sad thing. Ride to the Next, sunset together. <laughs> now, I, I don't know if, if he's retiring or what, but that would be a sad thing if this is the last... That will be an era ender if him and Pujols yeah. are like the last ones from MVP 05. They're, they're the last the last soldiers there. So if they exactly. if they go down, that's... that's I'm going to feel real old. I'm going to feel real old. It's not a future I want to confront quite yet. No, I'm going to... You're going to get a podcast where I'm talking a lot more about, like, death and, like... We're just crying, yeah. <laughs> the entire yeah, time. a lot more about, like, my own mortality and, like, what I was meant to put on this earth to do. I might get into, like, Colonial Williamsburg a lot. That's what people <laughs> usually do when they go through a crisis like that. I'll be, like, super into the early 1900s. <laughs> All right, listen up. Listen to me right now. 
there's 40 seconds from now it'll hit the one hour mark exactly on my recording do you think we can okay. line it up with the one hour mark exactly to end this podcast well let's we have, do the housekeeping we have 30 to end seconds it. 30 seconds to end it my name is tommy his name is greg next week Please stay tuned. We got a great guest. His name is John Ham. He'll be here in studio. Uh, whose studio? We're not sure yet, but he will be in studio to talk Cardinals and all things baseball. The Random Gregory, MLB Stars Josh Studios. <laughs> Josh, we miss you. Follow at Random MLB Stars on Instagram. Gregory, say goodbye. Three, two, one. Bye.